Hello, Dr. Azevedo. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. So I, I just wanted to introduce you to our Adventist preaching audience. Um, the group is growing, and I'm grateful to have you here today to um, just ask you a few questions on the topic of preaching and the impactfulness of preaching today. And um, before we start, could we start with a quick word of prayer? Yes. Uh, can, you, can you please pray for us, Pastor? Okay, yes. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this beautiful sunny day here in Texas. And uh, thank you for being able here to meet uh, Christopher Finley. Uh, even though we are separated by distance, we are together in Christ Jesus. Also, we ask you to bless the audience who will be listening. And uh, thank you for the Bible, for the scripture you left for us. So it is a guidance and a lamp to our path. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Dr. Azevedo, I know right now you are currently at Southwestern Adventist University um, at the religion department, but could you give a brief testimony and introduction? How did you actually get here today? Okay, uh, well, I was uh, born far, <laughs> far away in time and <laughs> space. <laughs> Uh, but uh, when I was a young man, uh, I didn't uh, expect uh, to be a pastor. Mm. I was uh, preparing to be. I was the university at the university to prepare, preparing to be in uh, a agriculture engineer to work in farm and, and things like this. And uh, but uh, when I was reading the book about desire, desire of ages, and uh, I felt uh, the call of God. Wow. And when I felt the, God, the call of God, I felt afraid. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was uh, about 19 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, I was scared to death because uh, to be a pastor, uh, I thought it was a, a great uh, uh, responsibility. But then I, I left the agriculture engineer, the course I was doing, and transferred to theology. Mm -hmm. And then uh, um, my purpose was to preach the gospel. And I didn't know that I would end up uh, studying uh, to be a professor one day. Uh, but uh, uh, I was a pastor first of a big city, Sao Paulo in Brazil. And then from there, I went to Andrews to study my master MA in uh, archaeology and biblical languages. And then after the PhD, and then uh, I studied, I was a professor in uh, in Mexico, in Brazil, Peru, uh, and here in Texas now. So wow. God uh, guided my life. And uh, as I, I uh, advanced, I, I met my wife and I married and uh, five kids. So, so uh, two are really uh, out of, of my house, but uh, I have three still at home. <laughs> and, uh, but the main thing I think was the, is preaching. Because preaching can be in different ways. So my, throughout my experience as a pastor, as a professor, as a Bible worker, I was a Bible worker too, as an evangelist. And, uh, and even as a layman, when, when I was a lay person at the church, I, I used to go Sabbath afternoon, knocking door to door. And I remember I was about 15, 16 years old. And I got one day, one afternoon, 16 Bible studies. Wow. And uh, there's a, a way of preaching. We would visit them preaching. Uh, so I'm glad you are doing this series of preaching 
because I think it's very important. There are many ways, it's not only from the pulpit, but we can preach in, in different ways. Exactly. My experience uh, taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to preaching, because we know uh, preaching is in many different ways, how do you feel like the role of preaching, how does that connect with Bible study? Well, we cannot, uh, at least I will tell from my experience, my perspective, we cannot preach without uh, Bible studies. <laughs> we, we need to feed ourselves from the source. Uh, and then uh, throughout, uh, through our ex personal experience, we will get illustration to preach in passages of, of the Bible that will preach according to what we are experiencing. Uh, I, I sometimes I feel a little bit uh, uncomfortable when I go and listen to a person that is copying somebody else's uh, uh, experience. Yes, you can use somebody else's experience, but you must have your experience with Jesus Christ, with experience with God, so then your sermon will be powerful because you went through that and you saw the power of God, and, and that is very important. Uh, this is why we need to go. Uh, if you go in the front line of the battlefield, you're going to see miracles. You're going to see the, the Red Sea being open. You're going to see the manna from, from heaven. Then you can preach about that. But if you just sit, I'm an arm, arm uh, chair pastor. I just stay in my office. And then I Google about experiences. Uh, then my sermon is a little bit, uh, uh, it may have a good content, but will, will lack power. So then the, the study of the Bible with your personal experience and then the preaching. Yeah? I think that is, is a powerful uh, connection. Hundred oh, percent. Uh, and now you see what the world is going through at this moment in April two thousand twenty. How do we preach through a crisis like this? What's the best approaches when it comes to preaching? Yes, yeah, so you see, crises we have had uh, as a as in the human history, many of them. And uh, uh, for example, I grew up during the Cold War between the Soviet bloc and the democratic bloc. We thought that the world will explode in an atomic war. And uh, before that, there, there, were, uh, there was uh, the Second World War. And before that, the First World War, the millions and millions of people died. So I think in each crisis, uh, 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 people saw the need of uh, something beyond our own existence. Uh, that something that, that would uh, bring a healing, not only a temporary one. So right now we are going through another crisis, yes. And I think it's not the last one. <laughs> uh, but the Bible is presenting the solution to any crisis. And, and the Bible says that in Genesis, the sin came through Adam. You know, this is decision and Eve. But through Christ, the second Adam, we have the healing. So uh, I mentioned before talking to uh, uh, Hazel Marroquin, the pastor Hazel Marroquin, and uh, that uh, our planet Earth, our solar system is like in a quarantine right now from uh, the cosmos, from the universe. But Jesus is coming again to break this quarantine and bring forever the solution to uh, sin. So we'll be able again to connect with the rest of the universe. But right now, our job is to work hard here and, and fulfill the mission, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only medicine. Right now, during the COVID-19 crisis or after, Amen. Jesus is the solution. Amen. 
So, so you, you, you hit a great point there saying Jesus is the solution. So when it comes to Jesus, what is the importance of, why is it so significant to have Christ-centered sermons? Well, uh, if we analyze the, the Bible, the center of the Bible, the theological center of the Bible is Christ. Uh, some theologian may disagree, say, oh, this is the covenant, or, or that, that section is the, uh, 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 the, the, the grace, uh, or salvation, uh, or uh, the mercy of God. But uh, the center of any theological uh, uh, studies in the Bible is Christ. There's no way out of, out of that. Because he is the reason of the testament. This is the testament. I even disagree calling Old Testament and New Testament. I think it's the, the first part of the testament and the second part of the same testament. We don't have two testaments. They are the same. And this testament is talking before Christ, when uh, pointing towards the first coming of the Messiah. And then the second part the, from the same testament, after the coming of the Messiah, they pointed towards the second coming. So everything towards Christ is his solution. He is the lamb. He is the savior. He is the, the, our lawyer. He's, he's the, uh, the one coming to, uh, to save us. So he's everything. So the Bible always points to Christ. It would be useless to try to preach a sermon without Christ as the center. It's pointless. Amen. 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 And, and, you know, I was, I was, you're absolutely right because I was doing a study on Moses and it was, it was, it was saying, if you look at Moses' resume, it's not, it's not a really good resume with how he uh, had a murder. He wasn't a good speaker and he wasn't, um, he had an anger problem. But then if you look at yeah. time in the wilderness, now when you said that, it made me think to say, Wow, you're right. It is Christ. Because if it wasn't for Christ, Moses wouldn't have been able to do what he was doing. You know, and, and it, it, everything points right back to Christ. So now we, we move towards preaching from the Old Testament. From your perspective, what drew you to the Old Testament? What made you want to like specialize in the Old Testament? Well, uh, in the beginning, probably because of uh, the stories of the Old Testament before and when uh, in the beginning, uh, I like the stories of uh, David and uh, Elijah and uh, Enoch before the flood. It was amazing to think about the civilization before the flood and uh, all these, uh, since archaeology, I like archaeology and all the ancient things in ancient languages, uh, uh, the Old Testament attracted me. But I have a minor in New Testament. I have also Greek. I can read Greek and teach Greek language. Wow. But uh, I, uh, I, my emphasis was the Old Testament. And because, you see, the Torah, the first five books of Moses, of course, it don't belongs to Moses, but Moses uh, wrote them, uh, is the foundation of the rest of the Bible. Wow. So you have the, we have uh, the prophets. The prophets will be like the spiritual prophecy. The pro prophets are commenting and bringing the Torah, the five books, the first five books of the Bible, into a uh, theological interpretation, presenting to Israel and to God's people. Then you have uh, the poetic books. Again, goes back to the five books of uh, the Pentateuch, uh, exploring the truth through poems, music, poetry. And then we go to the historical books, 
uh, there are the, uh, the fulfillment of the promises of the Pentateuch again in, in the daily life of God's people. Then we go to the New Testament. We have again the fulfillment of messianic prophecies in Jesus Christ in the Gospel. Then the Acts of the Apostles and the other books written by the Apostle uh, uh, Paul and Peter and John, Revelation, all goes back to the Pentateuch, to the Old Testament. So therefore the foundation is the five books of the Bible, the first five books, and then the rest, all of them are equal important, but all of them goes back, they go back to the Pentateuch. Uh, so they are an interconnection uh, between all the books of the Bible and going towards uh especially for the five books the pentateuch no that that that's a, that that's an amazing point you're making and from that perspective how does one preach from the old testament if you were to give some key keys to how to preach from the old testament what would you say i think the first thing is we should not uh, see the old testament as something that uh, passed away and uh, has is irrelevant nowadays. No, we should think that way because it, it is not. Even Jesus Christ, Jesus Bible was the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament, right? mm -hmm. of course. Um, so the first thing is the promises, the prophecies of the Old Testament uh, were fulfilled. Most of them in the New, and some of them will be fulfilled still, like Daniel in the future. So they are relevant for us. Second. The, in the Old Testament times, uh, they were humans, the same humans as we are. The only difference, they didn't have technology, but they're humans. So their needs, the psychological needs, the needs for spiritual needs uh, are similar. Of course, in a different context, different culture, but they're humans. So therefore we can learn from their lessons, from their experience, take lessons for our lives. And uh, the third is, since they are in the beginning of, uh, uh, of the Bible, they are uh, preparing for the fulfillment and, and uh, of the coming for the first time, the Messiah for the first time, and then the second coming. For us to understand the second coming, we need to understand well the first coming. For us to understand that Jesus is coming in the clouds of heaven, you need to understand here that he was born in Bethlehem and that the Old Testament was pointing towards him. Otherwise, you're going to miss the point for the second coming. So when you preach the, uh, from the Old Testament, uh, be sure Jesus is there. You're going to find uh, salvation by faith, righteousness by faith. Oh, did, that passage that Martin Luther found, that the righteous shall live by faith, is in the Old Testament. Uh, uh, and uh, many other passages of the Bible that we think uh, the Bible, Old Testament is legalist, and New Testament is salvation by faith. Oh, the Old, Old Testament also, they were saved by faith. Uh, you go in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, they mention uh, Abraham and uh, Gideon, many other people from the Old Testament, they, they, they were by faith. They had faith. Yeah? So uh, we need to start with that point, that the Old Testament is relevant, is uh, Jesus is, is the center. They were saved by faith, as we are, saved by faith through Jesus Christ. Uh, this probably is the first one. Second, uh, you need, we need to read the Old Testament understanding uh, the stories in the context that it, it took place. Then you can understand the culture. Never remove a text out of the context. Like in the New Testament, we have more theology, theological concepts. In the Old Testament, yes, of course, we have theological concepts also. 
but we have more into a historical setting. Because in the Hebrew mind, it was more concrete. In the, Hebrew, in the Greek mind, it was more abstract. So therefore, in the New Testament, we have more philosophical uh, uh, understanding, like a Paul. Paul, he was a philosopher, uh, uh, a theologian. But in the Old Testament, uh, uh, they're more uh, concrete. For example, if you would ask an Israelite, how do you know that the God exists? They will tell you. Because he opened the Red Sea. He fed us for 40 years there in the desert. Very concrete. Then you go into the New Testament, if you, how do you know that God exists? Then they, they will try to explain you theologically. Because God and his powerful uh, nature, he, he, the immanence and, and transcendence, and then goes explaining God's power here and there. The more a theological uh, uh, vocabulary. It's just a different approach towards the same thing. Uh, so that you need to take consideration. Third is uh, try to see things that can apply to your life that you are living right now. For example, uh, if you're going to preach to a, a, a young audience, in the Old Testament, it has so many illustrations and powerful sermon for young people. Or if you're going to visit a, a, a person that's more advanced in age, you still have many illustrations and many stories in the Old Testament that can fit perfectly. Uh, even if we can say there are more illustrations in the Old Testament than in the New, in that sense. Uh, this is why in Sabbath school is easy to, to tell stories from the Old Testament to children than the New Testament, because mm -hmm. theology is harder to explain, uh, theological uh, concepts. Uh, so if you have all these in consideration, you have powerful sermons in the Old Testament. Wow. So from, from, the, um, from the Old Testament, what is one of your favorite stories you love to preach? Or what are a few? I know there's probably so many for you to list, but if you could name a few of your favorite stories to preach from the Old Testament, what, what are they and why? Well, I have, uh, I have uh, the main, my main hero, of course, uh, besides Jesus Christ. He's the main. But in the Old Testament, I have one in the New Testament also. I, I know it's Old Testament today. But in the Old Testament is Elijah. <laughs> Elijah is, uh, uh, for me, the central figure that represents this catalogical people, God's people at the end of time. And uh, El Elijah and Elisha is following uh, just after him. Uh, uh, how uh, uh, there's a parallel between Elijah and Elisha and us nowadays as we finish uh, this uh, mission that God left for us. Mm -hmm. So every time I preach about Elijah or Elisha, uh, I, I feel that power that <laughs> there's a way to explain. I think is uh, I feel like the energy preaching <laughs> more than any other part of the Old Testament. Of course, they are all many of them powerful. Like, for example, another one that I like is uh, about Moses, the Sinai, uh, uh, how he would talk face to face there. Huh? Uh, 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 but nothing, at least for me, is equal to the experience of Elijah and Elisha compared to our time. Wow. Wow. And then, of course, you know, it's the only Old Testament. New Testament will be John the Baptist. That is wow. this, the Elijah also. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, when it when it comes to you understanding your growth from where you were when you first started, first answered your call to where you are today, what were some of the mistakes you made that from 
preaching that you have that you feel like God has helped you with or what are things that you feel like God is still helping you with today yes uh, well in the beginning when I start preaching many years ago I'm not a there are people that have the, the talent for for preaching I mean natural talent but everyone can preach if I can preach anyone can preach <laughs> In the beginning, I tried to memorize everything. Mm. And uh, I would uh, uh, write the whole thing <laughs> in a paper full of pages. In those days, I didn't have the tablet. No, there was no tablet. And uh, tried to follow that thing. And it became a boring sermon. Uh, then as I uh, advanced, I thought, no, I'll try just to uh, memorize some, some uh, understand the, the topic, write them just the main uh, sections in one piece of paper that's it one piece of paper and uh without a need to to change pages uh, and then try to preach it leaves some room for the holy spirit so then when i was preaching i felt more comfortable because i could walk i was independent for the piece of paper and i felt more but this is a little bit after because many people in the beginning because the nervousness they get uh, a little bit nervous and then they get a blank in their mind they forget they need to have the paper there but as you get used to that, try to become independent from that piece of paper uh, and, and feel free to talk. And then once in a while, go back and look so you won't get lost. Uh, this was uh, uh, one of the main uh, things uh, I had to learn. Uh, the second one is you need to uh, visit people uh, mm -hmm. to know what they need. Otherwise, your ceremony will be something else. When I'm invited to preach in some place, some another church, I try to talk to the pastor. Uh, is anything, any issue or something you would like me to talk? And what would be, what do you think? Because I don't know the audience. So I prepare something to fit the audience. And if it's my church, then I'm going to visit them and wow. see what is going on among them. And then prepare according to that. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to preach a series of sermons in, uh, in the Bible. But I, I would like, I, I would prefer to adapt to the needs of the church. If the need the church needs that series, go on. Mm -hmm. But don't try to do ah wow, I have a good idea and just preach because it's your good idea. No, no, try to see do they need that uh, that sermon. Uh, so uh, this this helped him a lot. Is let room for the Holy Spirit when you preach. Second, you need to know what your church needs by visiting them. Yeah. And uh, third, we are not perfect. And sometimes we see uh, very good, excellent preachers online, on TV, on, on this, and we feel, wow, I'll never be like that. That's fine. Each one of us will have a, a, a different characteristic. Uh, I'm introverted. If I would think that one day I'll be a famous evangelist, I'll never be that. So the the most important thing is God wants you to preach the gospel. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you are good on that. Just face it. Lord, this is your work. This is your uh, mission. But I am, you chose me today. So use me. And the Holy Spirit will use you. Even if in a humble way, you're going to learn. And I, the, the main things that I learned a lot. Every time I preach, I learn more than just studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. And when you say you learned, um, when you say you learned a lot, um, when it comes to the last few years, 
what do you what what has what do you feel like you have learned the most um, as far as when it come come to preaching in the last few years or even even teaching because I think they're very similar. Preaching and teaching are very very similar. Well, I think the main lesson of my ministry is uh, almost thirty something years already is that I I am not the owner of the truth. <laughs> in the beginning, I thought. I knew everything, and uh, I I had the message to give. Now uh, I know that I don't know, and I depend completely on the Holy Spirit and Him guiding. And if somebody comes to me and corrects me later, I, I will humbly accept it. Uh, uh, so be ready to preach the gospel. But if somebody comes in a humble way and uh, guides you, even if some critic criticizing you some critic some uh, criticism are helpful <laughs> and uh, don't think that we own the, the truth and we need to uh, people need to behave and think the way we think theologically I think this is was the major uh, the most important lesson I learned uh, as I, I preached the gospel amen amen all right as we come to a close with last two sentences um, when it comes to you preparing a sermon, what has been a blessing to your sermon preparation? Well, I use uh, uh, the first of them, like in the beginning, uh, uh, in each in my daily experience, I try to see God, the, the hand of God guiding. So uh, I, then from that, my own ex daily experience, I, I try to take them sermons from that. Sometimes it's a simple experience. But it's a daily thing that everybody's facing. They need help on that. So then I prepare a sermon uh, based on my experience, the passage in that morning that I study or in the evening that fit the experience I was having uh, uh, during the day. And, and uh, this is the first step. I have the, the message. Second, I need to have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I need to be a, a man of prayer. Uh, and I share my sermon, my ideas, especially with my wife. I share with her. And she said, mm, I cannot understand. They know, of course, it'd be hard for the audience if my wife cannot. <laughs> so if she said, wow, this sounds powerful. Yes, then they say, wow, I'm right in the path. Yeah. So share a little bit your uh, sermon with somebody else. Wow. And uh, uh, third, I have the tools. Uh, I can use uh, the Bible mm -hmm. in, in a very good version. And the Spirit of Prophecy. Uh, the books are written by energy why they are powerful books they will give you the background of the text uh, and uh, there are many other books in our abc that we can also uh, acquire and online we have all the books uh, uh, that we need from the spirit of prophecy you know even if you don't have you can search online and some bible commentaries they may help also we may not need if you don't know greek and hebrew you can use translation and dictionaries, theological dictionaries, they can help you to uh, uh, bring a better understanding of key words. Mm -hmm. yeah? And then after you have the whole uh, uh, sermon, try to preach the sermon to yourself. Try to preach. And uh, if it's in the beginning of your career, preaching, measuring the time. And uh, if you yourself get boring preaching your own sermon to yourself, that means something's wrong there. Uh, 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 so work training uh, with the time you need to expend and room for the Holy Spirit to act. And 
uh, established and founded in the text, biblical text. So for the final question, what's one of your greatest testimonies that you have experienced through preaching? Well, is uh, is the greatest miracle that can ever take place on this planet, and that is not the resurrection of the dead, <laughs> but is the transformation of a person. Amen. And uh, I have seen that after I, I preached and even left the place or my district or, or, or the school I was teaching or the university. I have received letters or email of a person that I barely remember. Some I don't even remember who was that person. All right, that message that you preached that day in some place, that message was for me. From that point, and from that day on, uh, I decided to change my life. So that is the greatest miracle: is the transformation of a character towards the the the, the go final goal, that is the Jesus character. So as we preach, we become that moment an instrument of God's in God's hands. Wow. And like the prophets of old. And the Holy Spirit will use our words to reach the hearts and minds of those people. And always there will always be somebody there in that church that your words will touch their minds, hearts, and lives. And that's the most important, I think. And I have seen that in my experience. Uh, after people get in contact telling me about that amen so amen um well dr azevedo I'm, I'm so happy for you coming on the call and uh sharing i i know that this information will be a blessing to whoever hears it uh, especially theology students laymen uh, church elders and even pastors so i thank you so much for your time of being here um you're excited me now you're uh, you've inspired me to go back and look up some of those old testament stories of elijah i'm studying exodus right now but now you're you inspired me to go study elijah and elijah and to kind of yeah. see those connections there you know but um as we close uh could you pray for us and the ministry that we could be a blessing to God and inspire many people to preach biblical sermons that are Christ-centered. Yes. Th thank you, uh, Chris, for the invitation. Yeah, of course. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity you are giving us humans to be instruments to reach out for others. You could have chosen angels or probably uh, other people that are better than us, but you have chosen all of us to be your instruments. Those who are listening, each one of us, we have a mission that you have prepared for us. Like Elijah in the past, Elisha, and then later John the Baptist were chosen by you. Even before they were born, you had a mission. So uh, be with uh, Christopher Finley and all the, our audience, be with me. So we continue this mission until the end. Help us not give up, but always face with courage, determination, and with the power of Elijah. So uh, during this afternoon, we ask you that for you to give us a double portion of your of the spirit of Elijah. So we'll be able to finish uh, the mission you have left for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 
Hey, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Azevedo. Um, and it was a pleasure being with you here today and learning all from all the knowledge and wisdom that God has given you through your ministry. And may God continue to bless you. Thank you, Christopher. See you later. Yeah.